What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is the latest installment of the Locked on Blazers 2019-2020 season wrap-up. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at their season in Portland. Today's focus, none other than Christian James McCollum. Look at his performance this past season. We'll review where he landed in terms of the best and worst case scenarios that I laid out a year ago, way back at the start of training camp. And finally, we'll close the show looking ahead to the upcoming season and what role McCollum should be expected to play whenever the NBA is back. This is the third one we've done of these. We've already looked at Gary Trent Jr. and Zach Collins. So if you've missed those other wrap-ups, they're there waiting for you in your feed. I'm going to go through everyone on the whole roster with this wrap-up series. So if you missed it or you want to share these with your friend, they're going to be evergreen all off-season long. We're going to keep them rolling out over the next two weeks. I've got the whole schedule planned out. There's your preamble. Without further ado, let's look at CJ's 2019-2020 season. In his seventh year in Portland, McCollum averaged 22.2 points, 4.2 rebounds, and a career best, 4.4 assists per game on 45% shooting, including 37.9% from three, and a very puzzling 75.7% from the free throw line on his fewest attempts per game from the stripe since becoming a full-time starter. Hmm. He appeared in 70 games, all starts, of course, missing just four of the Bla- of the Blazers' games and playing a career-high 36 and a half minutes a night. The dude is a bit unorthodox, admittedly, particularly when you compare him to sort of the rest of the peers' bucket-getters from his era. But that's what CJ does. He gets buckets. He kept doing it, even with his own mid-range heavy two-point jump shooting ways. He had two 40-point games this year and topped the 30-point mark nine other times. But more importantly for the growth of C.J. McCollum in year seven was that he topped double-digit in assists on four occasions. Four games in double-digit assists. He had never done that before. He did it four separate times this season. And for a brief period right after the All-Star break, we got a chance to see what C.J. McCollum would look like as a true, true franchise point guard. Damian Lillard missed six games, and CJ put up 33 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 8.3 assists, and didn't lose much efficiency with that bigger workload, shooting 48.4% from the floor and 40.6% from three. CJ as a lead guard looked really, really special. The trick would be coaxing more of that lead guard attitude out of him in the future, but that is a concern for another day. Or perhaps another segment later in this show. Stick around. CJ was hot and cold in the bubble. He averaged 20 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. Shot 43% from the floor and 37% from three. He had 29 points in that play-in game against Memphis. Was absolutely fantastic to get the Blazers into the playoffs. The hot was indeed scorching. He just had some other duds and just wasn't as good in the bubble. Uh, the Blazers basically rode Damian Lillard during that those seeding game stretch, and CJ McCollum, being a member of the Blazers, was also along for the ride. 
In the playoffs against the Lakers, McCollum averaged 23.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 3.2 assists, and had another absolutely monster game when Damian Lillard was not on the court in Game 5 when CJ put up 36, 6, and 7 dimes in 46 minutes. CJ was good this year. Sometimes very good, occasionally great, and always somewhat flawed. He is extremely consistent. An elite scorer who doesn't do a whole lot else, and a below-average defender who just rarely has a celebrated moment on that end of the floor. You know what you're going to get from CJ McCollum. He's had five straight seasons scoring at least 20 points and shooting at least 37.5% from three. Expecting a big leap from CJ is probably unfair, Although he has shown that his floor for production is relatively high. He's just going to do what he does in a dependable way. He is dependable, albeit imperfect. And I think that's what this season reminded us in many ways. I think when you look back in the 2019-20 season, you'll say, oh yeah, you know, CJ proved that he can be so good when the Blazers aren't, don't have Dame and when he's in point guard mode. Why doesn't he do that more often? You might also remember the Blazers went 2-4 and four without Damon in the lineup. It's not as if CJ is a world beater. Uh, the roster sucks. I'm not blaming, or sucked. I'm not blaming CJ for uh, not carrying a bad group of players while missing Damian Lillard. That, that's not what I'm meaning to do here. I'm just saying that his absolute best is probably shy of true all-star, true superstar levels. But his absolute worst is still pretty good. Even at his worst, he's still a, an efficient 20-point-per-game scorer. He just has real limitations. An uptick in his assist numbers was a really nice thing to see, but shooting a career low in free throws is pretty disheartening on, the same, on that same token. His key to efficiency isn't just making more of the shots he already takes. It's expanding his game. That expanding his game means getting to the free throw line more. And it means setting up his teammates in a way that is helpful to the offense and not sort of a last resort, okay, your turn now. He showed that he's capable of being a better facilitator and the Blazers have to coax that out of him, find a way to keep him in that facilitator mode even when he's on the court with Damian Lord. That is a probably a real challenge. He's going to turn 29 this year. I'm not sure you you can get that out of him, but we'll see. But the getting to the free throw line thing, I don't think that's a scheme thing or a coaching thing. I think that's a CJ thing. He has to figure out how to balance getting to the all the way to the rim and looking and trying to get contact versus taking a bunch of really difficult mid-rangers. CJ McCollum showed you his flaws this year. The Blazers were terrible on defense. He was part of it. But he also showed you his strengths. In the big games, in some really big games in the bubble, including to clinch a spot in the playoffs, CJ was fantastic. He has a real special big game ability. And in addition, he has obvious limitations. He's never going to be a good defensive player, and he's more shooting guard than point guard. At this stage in his career, he is who he is. Expecting more from CJ McCollum might not be totally fair, but wanting more from him isn't unreasonable. In the second segment, I want to come back and look at the best and worst case scenarios. For every player that was on the roster heading into training camp, I laid out their best and worst case scenarios as I saw them heading into this past season. And I want to talk about in the second segment where CJ landed on those arbitrary polls that I created a year ago. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about DoorDash. You know DoorDash? It is the app that brings you food right to your door. 
Ordering is easy on DoorDash. Just open up the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contact co- contactless delivery drop-off. And if if you want it, chances are it's on DoorDash because they've got over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So you can support your local go-tos, all your local favorites, or if you're craving a big national chain, those are on there too. DoorDash has it all and they'll bring it right to you. And for my listeners, you can get it for a little bit cheaper because right now they're giving you $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download that DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. One more time so you don't forget it. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And oh, those prices, that's the best part because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure while you're there, you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right. So we talked about Christian James McCollum, CJ's 2019-2020 season. Now I want to look back to look forward. Back in September, a year ago, when the Blazers were heading into training camp, I laid out the best case and worst case for CJ McCollum's seventh season in the league. I want to play you that now, listen to a little bit of Michael from the past, and see which end of the spectrum CJ McCollum landed on, whether he tended toward that worst case or best case scenario. So that's what I'm play for you now those best case and worst case scenarios that I laid out back in September of 2019. So what's the best case scenario for CJ McCollum? It's that 2019, 2020 is that year. It finally happens. And CJ gets to play a exhibition game in February. Finally, finally, finally representing the Blazers in the all-star game. It seems every year we discuss it. And to get there, to get to that elusive midseason showcase, CJ McCollum will have to put together a season that looks a lot like his 2016-2017 campaign, when he averaged 23 points per game and flirted with the 50-40-90 season. That's 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. That year, he hit the 40 and 90 marks, but shot 48% from the floor. Of course, there's a team element in all-star games and a numbers crunch in the West. It's hard to get there. But CJ's all-star formula is undoubtedly his best-case scenario. That's why we're talking about it. 
I think it kind of looks like this. He shoots better than 40% from three. He gets to the free throw line more. And because he's going to spend more time running the offense by himself this season, the best case for CJ means he sees his assist numbers climb north of four a game. A player of CJ's caliber isn't going to make some dramatic stride in the offseason. He's probably a finished product for the most part. But the best case scenario involves him smoothing out some of his rougher edges as a defender, as a playmaker, and as someone who just gets himself easy points more regularly. He's really good at making the tough shots. In fact, one of his real strengths and why he was so good in the playoffs because he can make those tough shots. The next step for CJ and the best case scenario for CJ is that he earn, he learns how to sort of earn himself some easy ones. That's less shots with a million counters and, and, and dribble moves and, and just more, more shots where he's standing still after getting fouled at the free throw line. The best case for CJ McCollum is that this is the year it clicks for him and it clicks for the Blazers and he gets an all-star bid. But the best case for CJ McCollum isn't necessarily super far away. We've seen him get close. So he doesn't have to take a major stride, and I don't expect him to. He just has to take the small steps he talked about at the beginning of the last season. Average one and a half more assists, average a half more rebound a game, and have the Blazers be really good when the voting happens in February. The best case for CJ McCollum is that everything aligns. So what's the worst case? CJ makes no progress in the areas of his game where he's deficient. His defense takes a step backwards. His three-point shooting ticks down for a third straight season. And he remains entirely allergic to passing the ball and getting free throw attempts. Thank you, Michael, from the past. So I I think it's clear that CJ McCollum did not hit the the best-case scenario. Did not hit the high marks. He was not an all-star. He didn't sniff the all-star team. I think he was a little bit better, right? But, um... The All-Star game, like I mentioned back then, is has a team element, has an undeniable team element, and the Blazers weren't good. So they weren't, you can't be a bad team and get two All-Stars. You know, Dame was an absolute lock. The dude was the best point guard in the NBA this season and deserved it, obviously, all the way. But CJ, the, the Blazers just weren't good enough for CJ to make it. So... I don't necessarily hold that against him. Um, that's the best case scenario because it's sort of the like going to be that career goal for CJ. The The West is really crowded. There's a bunch of good teams. There's there's a log jam of the position. There's a log jam in the West. It, it's going to be really hard for him to make it, but he wasn't. it wasn't like he was a deserving snub this year. He just wasn't in the conversation. Now he wasn't in the conversation because the team wasn't very good, but he's also in the conversation because he didn't raise himself to that sort of Devin Booker level where he's so good you can't ignore him, or or at least he has to be talked about, even on a team that struggles. But I don't think CJ out-and-out hit his worst-case scenario. I, I, I certainly think that his graph tended in that direction, right? He shot a career low in free throws. That's a problem. The Blazers have to find a way to get easy points, and when CJ gets fouled, if more fouls that the Blazers rack up, it makes it easier for everyone to score. You're in the bonus more often. You're just getting easy buckets. In theory, those should be guaranteed points for CJ McCollum. Two years ago, he led the NBA in free throw percentage. This year, he shot below 76% from the line. Um, a, a strange development, a pretty frustrating one for a guy who should who should be lights out there. He's an incredible shooter and makes 
really difficult shots in the free throw line range all the time, undefeated at the elbows, as he likes to say. But he not getting shooting career low in free throws at this stage in his career um, is just it's a troubling development because you should be getting craftier, better at drawing fouls, better having a reputation that that the refs give you calls you don't deserve type of thing at this stage in his career. It's just, he wasn't there. And the free throw thing to me is, is puzzling and frustrating. In addition, he's not a good defensive player. He didn't take big strides forward. So while he did sharpen up his set of career highnesses and, and, and sharpen up his ability to run a team, particularly when Damian Lillard was out, but even beyond that, in the post, in the pre-bubble games uh, prior to the hiatus, once Damon Lillard was back in the court, there was 10 games before the, before the season was cut out after Damon returned from injury, and CJ averaged 7.3 assists per game in those games. His numbers, assist numbers were way up. He, it's kind of like he unlocked something. You know, some, I don't know if assist numbers are the best sort of raw description of, of passing the ball more, but for CJ, I think they're a really good measurement. Getting guys the ball in places they can score is a pretty good measurement of him just um, being smarter about when to give it up. I don't want him to be straight a straight-up point guard. I just want him to be more than just a scorer. I think that's his step forward. So I think that alone keeps him out of the true hitting his worst-case scenario. But... You know, he wasn't a good defender. I would I would argue that maybe even he was worse on defense this year. Some of that is just the, the team was worse on defense, so it's hard to judge any one individual. But I, I, I don't recall games where I remember saying, um, even in my notes here, where I was like, oh yeah, well, CJ was, had a really solid defensive effort in that game. Um, you know, I was at every single one of his home games. I watched him up close. Um, it wasn't something that stood out to me, and it wasn't something that... Uh, you know, other people wrote about and I disagreed with either. It just, it wasn't something that popped up. So while I don't think he straight up nailed his worst case scenario, I think he certainly tended more towards that. But that's the thing with him. He's so good that we you just want him to sharpen up his game and improve. It's not good enough to be, you know, a little bit better here and there. Like the 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 measure for CJ at this stage of his career is incremental improvements but noticeable and meaningful ones so speaking of those improvements that's what i want to close out the show talking about in the third segment i want to discuss what cj's role and what we can expect from cj next year so that's what we'll do to close out the show still a pass first point guard still mike richmond you're still listening to lockdown blazers Still talking about C.J. McCollum. We discussed his 2019-2020 season. We revisited his best and worst case scenarios and discussed where he landed on those arbitrary polls I said a year ago. Now let's look forward. Let's truly, truly discuss what's next for C.J. McCollum. We've kind of touched on it throughout the show. It's been the theme of the show. In many ways, it's the theme of CJ over the last couple of years. He is really dependable and does what he does. And the question for the Blazers, if they want to be a team that can win a championship, is why can't he do more? But I think there's more to this question here than um, just can CJ improve. I've talked about that a bunch. I kind of think he's a finished product. I think he can get a little bit better. He proved that he's a better passer. Um, It didn't show up in the bubble and in the playoffs necessarily because I think he kind of reverted back to what he does best. And also it was 
um, it was go time and, and, and Damian Lillard was the guy who was in go mode and everyone else followed him and didn't give CJ a lot of time to say, to sort of say, Hey, let me play point guard a little bit. Um, just wasn't what they were doing. It wasn't the formula. Um, I think those were kind of playoff games and playoff games should be treated differently than regular season games. There, there are two from star players. Those are two different asks. But it isn't just CJ sharpening up, becoming a slightly better defender and a slightly better passer and making getting the free throw line more. That stuff, I don't think it changes. I think he's going to be a, a low free throw rate guy, maybe a high threes, low fours assist guy who can really score. I expect a next season where he starts every game at shooting guard and averages... You know, 22 points per game. It's what he does. You can expect it. I can expect it too. But I think the real question with CJ and next year is the thing that all of you have been tweeting at me and screaming at me. Is this the year they trade CJ McCollum? Is this the year they swing big? Is this the year Neil Olshay takes a chance? And to that, I say, probably not, y'all. Probably not. And it's for two reasons. One, I don't think that's how Neil Olshay views the Blazers' path forward. My read is that the Blazers think that they were undone by injuries and that if they'd been healthy, healthy Rodney Hood, healthy Zach Collins, a full year of Mello, a full year of Trevor Ariza, and that combo that they have with that sort of eight, nine guys that they've got, that that group could have been very, very competitive. Now, do I think like truth serum that Neil Olshay thinks that he's built a championship caliber roster? No, I don't. But I'm not sure he sees a path forward where trading CJ McCollum gets them a championship roster. It might get them a little bit an improved roster. And here's why I don't think, here's why that might not be true. I don't know if I, I don't have to agree or disagree with Neil. Let me just lay out CJ McCollum's trade prospects. It is hard to trade for a pretty good player and get a great player. To do that, you have to trade a budding young star or a bunch of high draft picks. The Blazers don't have any of those things. They've got some nice parts in Zach Collins and Gary Trent Jr. They've got what figures to be some sort of middle first round draft picks over the next few seasons. Maybe early 20s draft picks if things go right. Late 20s if they get really hot. But they just don't have the type of assets that you can package for a, for a true superstar. And I don't think other teams view CJ McCollum, who will turn 29 next season, as a superstar. I think they view him as a really, really, really good number two. And at best, his ceiling is a very good number two. Perhaps there are some Eastern Conference teams who look at him and say he could make an all-star team. But are there any teams in the league? Be, be honest with yourselves. Are there, is there any team in the league that looks at CJ and says he could change our franchise as, as the guy? I think the answer is a hard no. In addition, CJ has four years and $129 million remaining on his current deal. That runs through the 23-24 season when he'll be 32 years old. How many teams are lining up to play CJ McCollum, a sort of low-level all-star at his best, at a best-case scenario, $35 million in 20, the 22-23 and 23-24 season. The list can't be long. The list might be zero. In fact, I think CJ McCollum's contract might have negative value, meaning you would have to attach an asset to it to make someone want it. 
So CJ is going to be on the team, one, because I think the Blazers are going to value continuity because they seem to have typically valued continuity with their core. They've paid CJ McCollum to be part of the plan, and I think he continues to be part of the plan. And also because if you are trading him, you are probably taking a step back talent-wise in favor of a better a better fit and the Blazers are probably going to choose talent over fit because they've been doing it for years. So CJ McCollum is part of the team. So the question is, you know his role, you know his production. So I think the real question with CJ is, is this year they give up on him? Is this year they break up the core? And for me, for a variety of reasons, both because I don't think it's the way Neil Olshay and the team have conducted themselves and because I don't think CJ has a great deal of trade value on his own and the Blazers don't exactly have the other parts to sweeten it to to really shift shift the direction of the franchise by landing a true secondary superstar because of the, those combination of factors CJ McCollum is part of the team you can count on him averaging 22 three and a half and three and a half next year and delighting you with some incredible mid-rangers some incredible some incredible shot making and frustrating you with some bad defense and a little bit of ball hoggery. CJ McCollum is a really good player. He's just not a great player in the league. And I don't think he has a path to get there. And I don't think he's a good enough player to create a path for the Blazers to get there by trading him. That's the truth. The Blazers have, the Blazers might be stuck in being pretty darn decent. And CJ McCollum, a pretty darn decent player, might be the mascot of where they're stuck. That's going to do it for today's show. I'm going to have more of these. Like I said, this is the third one we've done, the third installment. Got more coming. Hassan Whiteside on the horizon. We'll wrap up Hassan Whiteside's 2019-2020 season with the Blazers. We've got four more of these coming next week. So be on the lookout. Like I said, if you miss them, they're evergreen. You can keep on coming back to them and the great episodes to share with new listeners. Just tell them to look where they already get podcasts. Search Lockdown Blazers will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.